Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo, and I have the pleasure of having my friend, Chris Gillard, with me today. And uh, the forum is about six, seven weeks in our rearview mirror, and we've had a chance to rest, and uh, we wanted to take some of the content that we shared through the forum. For those of you who did not have a chance to attend, we really wanted to share some of this, and we will. Over the next few weeks, we'll share this content in multiple ways. But we wanted to share one of the sessions that Chris and I had the privilege of sharing at the forum and it was uh, the title of this was Answering the Tithe Question. And we thought it'd be a good idea to have you guys listen to that 20-minute or so breakout session and then come back on the back end and really talk about some of the objections to the tithe. This is something that we all still wrestle with, and we want to make sure we get it right. And uh, we want to talk about some of the objections, but also some of the benefits of embracing this and uh, really seeking God in this area. So, Chris, welcome first and foremost. Thank you for taking the time to be here. Yeah, thanks, Leo. This is... Uh... It was fun to do this together uh, at the forum, but I know this is also the area that we probably get more questions about as leaders, you know, stewardship and generosity leaders in the church. Uh, this is a huge area that people are, are wrestling with and they're asking a lot about. So it's fun to be able to uh, to revisit it and, and dig in a little bit deeper. Yeah, and, and I also want to speak to those stewardship leaders or ch- church leaders that have that responsibility of, of communicating on this topic. We really do hope that some of this will just help you in some way to maybe bring some revelation or even encourage you in some ways about talking about this topic. It's about generosity. It's not about legalism. We'll talk about some of that on the back end. But we really want it to be a resource, not that we're going to tell you what to do, but we're going to address this from a biblical perspective. We'll go over some scriptures so that you have some, um, hopefully some good content that you can go to so you can just wrestle with this issue a little bit more and and figure out where to land on it and how to communicate to it, because as a spiritual leader, this is part of our responsibilities, is to communicate these these principles and these truths. All right, so without any other delay, let's just go ahead and play the session that Chris and I did, and then we'll come back on the back end and touch on some other things that we want to share with you. Hi, everybody. Welcome to this session. We're going to be talking about tithing. My name is Chris Goulard. I'm one of the pastors at Saddleback Church, and this is Leo Sabo with me, who's the president of the Christian Stewardship Network, as you've been seeing him a little bit lately. But this is one of those topics we wanted to talk about because it's really, frankly, we get more questions about tithing than probably almost any other topic is our role in in stewardship pastors and leaders in the church. You know, we felt it would be really important to cover uh, during the course of the forum. I just want to say a couple quick things up front, and then we'll get into some some specific items that we want to cover. But because we get so many questions about it, I just want to back up and say, listen, as we talk about this, we want to make sure that we're using this in the context of we are all on a spiritual journey, right? And our giving and our generosity is part of that financial discipleship process. And so we want to be raising people who are disciples of Jesus, who manage money well as stewards in the kingdom. And that's really what it's all about. And so part of that process is an understanding of the tithe and what is scripture saying about it. So we'll dig into some scripture and we're going to do this in really four categories or four questions, I guess you could say. 
first one is what is a tithe, and we'll define that. Just looking looking at scripture, what actually what does it mean? Number two, is it for Christians today? Is this something that applies to us in this world, or is this you know our modern society today, or is this something that's kind of like an Old Testament thing that doesn't apply to us anymore? Uh, number three, where is the tithe meant to go? Like what? Because that's one of the questions I get a lot. Is well, okay, if I'm supposed to tithe, where does it go? Right. So we'll we'll talk about that one. And then the last one is just some challenges that people have with it. We'll talk about some of the questions we get in the church about, you know, the what ifs. And so those are the, those are the, the four areas that we want to get to. So, Leo, you, you want to start just in the first one, kind of defining what is a tithe? Yeah, let's start with what is a tithe, because it's really important that if we're going to do this, that we understand it from a biblical perspective. So let me just begin by saying a tithe is the, the word tithe means one tenth, and that's 10 percent. So it's 10 percent of something. Uh, what's important about the tithe is to look and see what the scripture says about the tithe. And the tithe, the scripture says that the tithe belongs to the Lord. So let's look at Leviticus 27, verses 30 to 32. And it says, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. Whoever would redeem any of their tithe must add a fifth of the value to it. Every tithe of the herd and flock, every tenth animal that passes under the shepherd's rod, will be holy to the Lord. So right there, it's very clear that a tithe was one-tenth, even said that every tenth animal that goes under the shepherd's rod belongs to the Lord. So that's that's really important to understand, that it belongs to the Lord, and it is 10% uh, of whatever God wants us to bring. And I believe that's obviously what he gives us, whether it's the grain of the land or uh, the animals. Or Now, in our day, obviously, we don't deal with animals and grain, but we'll talk about that a little bit further. Good. So it's really just 10% of Really, my income, right? Everything that comes in, my increase, as you said. And it's it's also not just the first 10%, it's the best 10%, right? It's meant to be, uh, you know, in the Old Testament, it was, what I like to say is it's the first 10%, not the leftovers, right? It's not, you don't bring the lamb that's lame or whatever, you bring you bring the unblemished lamb, the, the good stuff, right? And so I think that's an important thing. There's a scripture in Second Chronicles 31, you know, it's actually verses five and six that says, as soon as the order went out, the Israelites gave uh, generously gave the first fruits of their grain, new wine, olive oil, and honey, and all that the fields produced. They brought a great amount, a tithe of everything. The people of Israel and Judah who lived in the towns of Judah also brought a tithe of their herds and flocks and a tithe of the holy things dedicated to the Lord their God, and they piled them in heaps. And I like the picture of this just because the heaps, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it feels it feels very uh, generous. It feels like the people are bringing forward something, uh, you know, graciously and 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 I like to think even joyfully, yeah. right? I mean, it's not, it's not, they're just holding it back. It's like they, they wanted to give it back to them. So it's the, it's the first and the best of the 10%. Um, There's also another scripture that I think it's important to really understand that the tithe is off of everything, but it is the first of everything. And Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 does a good job of that because it tells us to honor the Lord with uh, your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your bonds will be filled with overflowing. Your vats will bring over with new wine. So the idea there is, as God increases you, whatever that increase is, uh, and that, that's actually another, uh, I think it's the NIV that says, that honor the Lord with your increase, right? So anything that the wealth that God gives you produces, that might be land, it might be your job, it might be your business. And the idea there is, and what we're told, is that a tithe of that is what we're supposed to bring to the Lord, the first and the best portion bring to the Lord. Exactly. And, um, you know, we've, been, we've looked at some Old Testament scriptures so let's let's kind of go to that second question about is tithing relevant today? 
because as we're looking at Old Testament scriptures, or some people would say, well, that's Old Testament, it's not New Testament. What does it what does it mean for us now? And the tithe is referenced in the New Testament in a few different places. Uh, one of them is Matthew 23, 23, where Jesus said, yes, you should tithe. Uh, there's a parallel passage in Luke and so forth. But to me, I actually want to look at something different as we get into this, and that is Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. And and I think we probably are familiar with that passage, uh, and I don't, I don't want to read it necessarily, I, but I do want to mention that it, it lays out a framework uh, for our relationship with God, that the, the parable of the talents basically says, God's the master, it's his stuff, he's leaving us with money, and we all have different amounts, right? The different stewards are given different amounts, but the concept is, He's allowing us to manage his stuff, right? And so we are stewards. And so we come at it from that perspective as stewards, which means 100% of everything we have, and this is both New and Old Testament, because we can look at Matthew 25, we can look at Psalm 24. One, I mean, you can go down, uh, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills, and there are a lot of passages that really show that God owns 100%. And so when we look at it in our world today, if he owns 100%, he's asking us to return 10%, to me, that's a different attitude than it's my stuff and I'm supposed to give him 10, right? It's So the attitude is really, really important as it comes into this. And Deuteronomy 8, 18 says the purpose of the tithe, excuse me, uh, Deuteronomy 14, 23 says the purpose of the tithe is to teach us always to put God first in our lives. Mm-hmm. The, the whole point of the tithe is that we can learn something and learn really how to grow a relationship with God and how to submit to him in a new way. It's, it's one of those spiritual disciplines. So Deuteronomy 8.18 says, even our ability to produce income comes from God. So it's not just actually 100% of what I have. It's my ability to go out and have a job and earn an income is really significant because that belongs to him too, right? My energy, my time, my intellect, all of that ultimately or initially came from God. I have responsibility to manage it well and to use it, right? But when that produces income, it's really God's provision for me in my life and for my family. So it's kind of the attitude of we're stewards and not owners. And I think when we start with that attitude truly, then all of a sudden the tithe becomes a whole lot easier. So I think scripture support really that tithing is for everyone today as well, not just the Old Testament. It's the New Testament concept as well. And it's something that that helps us to grow on our giving journey and our spiritual journey as part of our spiritual discipleship process. Yeah, and, and there's another aspect of this is, you know, when we think about the abundance that we have today, it's really easy to live day to day and, and not really ask for anything because we have our basic needs met. And it's easy to forget where it all comes from. But Chris, as you so well said, 100% comes from the Lord. So for us, tithing and bringing that portion back to God is really a way to remind ourselves uh, this is an important area of our lives because it's so easily. Um, we can so easily be trapped into thinking, this is my wealth. This is something I've made. And uh, this is a problem that the Israelites had over and over and over again. They continue to forget that their abundance and their wealth and the blessing came from the Lord. And the Lord from the beginning said, this is a way to remember uh, that this belongs to me. And that first portion of first fruits that they had to return back to God was a way of keeping them humble to realize it's not the power of my hand, but it is the power of God's hand that allows me to do this. And I think that's really important for us today. We're no better than the Israelites. We can very easily wander off. And for me specifically, I think the tithe helps me and reminds me and it helps me to resubmit my life to God every single time 
because I acknowledge where it comes from, that he is 100% owner, and that I have to be a good steward of the other 90. And uh, that's why I think it's such a relevant uh, topic for us and it's such an important practice for us today. Absolutely. And so that then also kind of gets to the question of, well, okay, where should the tithe go? Do you want to address that one? Yeah, so let's <laughs> talk about that. Uh, the scripture is actually very clear on this. It says that the house of God is where uh, he chose to put his name, is where the tithe needs to be brought. So let's look at Deuteronomy 12, verses 5 and 6. It says, But you are to seek the place the Lord your God will choose from among all your tribes to put his name, there for his dwelling. To that place you must go, there bring your burnt offerings and sacrifices, your tithes and special gifts, what you have vowed to give and your free will offerings and the firstborn of your herds and flock. So the place where the Lord chooses to put his name, his dwelling place, uh, was the tabernacle initially uh, while they were in the desert. And then after that, it was the temple, after Solomon built the temple. And this is where people came to meet with God, to offer their sacrifices, to offer their worship to God. And today the best um, representation of that place is the church. Uh, it's the place where corporately we meet and we worship God. Uh, the church also has other functions, right? The, the, the church has function of taking care of the family of God that's part of that church and also the community around them. And this goes into the storehouse principle that we find in scripture that's related to the temple and the tithe. So uh, the provision that came from the storehouse was supposed to provide for the Levites, the uh, foreigner among them, the fatherless and the widows. And uh, in Nehemiah 12, we read this, it says in 1244, it says, and at the same time, some were appointed over the rooms of the storehouse for the offerings, the first fruits, the tithes, to gather uh, them in to the, from the fields uh, into the cities, portions specific by the law, for the priests and Levites, for Judah rejoice over the priests and Levites who ministered. And this is, this is just a, a very clear indication that there were storehouses and that these tithes and offerings and all that was supposed to be brought in in order to have the resources necessary to take care of those four groups, the Levites, the foreigner, the fatherless, and the widow. And Malachi 3 also, you know, Malachi 3.10 is something we're all familiar with. But did you realize that it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse? Uh, that there may be food in my house. So right there, we can see the storehouse is God's house, and that's where he chose to put his name. So it's very clear that God had instituted the temple in the place where he put his name, no matter what, you know, initially, obviously, it was the tabernacle, but then eventually he said, seek that place where I'll place my name, and that was in Jerusalem at the temple. And now the church is a representation of the body of Christ. And some may say, well, you know, the church is and the temple is us, right, individually. And that's very true. But we come together corporately, right, and we worship God corporately. And Paul specifically said, you know, do not forsake uh, meeting together. So we are supposed to come together, and then we're supposed to take care of those around us. And that, of course, we're talking about Levites today, are the pastors and the full-time staff that takes care of people and ministers to us and teaches us God's Word. Uh, the foreigner, of course, we have people that come in that don't know the Lord and people that are, uh, you know, coming through. So we need to be, be available to love them as Christ would want us to love them. And, of course, the fatherless and the widows, that's the community around us. We need to be taking care of them. And what better place but the church is called to do that. And I think that's a very mm -hmm. clear example for us of where the tithe needs to be brought. So as we bring that tithe into the storehouse, that leads me maybe to the next section, ultimately. Um, and... Uh, one of the questions that I sometimes get is, well, if I'm going to, if I'm going to bring my 10% or give my 10% to the church, 
can I designate where it goes? In other words, can I say I want it to go to, you know, the youth ministry or something like that? And it's, it's an honest question. I get it. Uh, but as, as you pointed out, Leo, the idea that this is God's house. And also we talked about that it's 100% his, right? So really all I'm doing is returning 10% to him. So when I, when I do that, when I return it, I, I have to link, relinquish control. I have to basically say, this isn't mine. It's God's. I'm returning the 10% back to him out of obedience. He's asked me to do. Um, and the New Testament concept might be, you know, laying it at the apostles feet, the idea that I'm trusting the leadership of my church and I'm just going to, you know, relinquish it and in faith, give that 10% back to him. So there's that, that piece there. Leviticus 27, 30 says a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain or soil or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord, right? It's his, it's not mine. I don't get to say where it goes. Now, I think there's a place for designated giving in the church, frankly, uh, and I think it can work very, very well. Some churches treat that differently, and I understand that. However, there's tithes, which is the first 10%, right, we talked about, but then there's also offerings. So offerings would be, and the Bible talks about them distinctly, even some of the passages we've covered, they're different. So a tithe is the first 10% of everything I earn. An offering is anything I get above and beyond that, right? So an or anything I give, rather, above and beyond that. So it's it's out of the 90%, right? So stewardship, I think, is when we manage the 90%, right, the, the of obedience or returning the tithe, we're stewarding the 90%. And I think that's where generosity really comes into play. I, I, to me, it's sort of like God has said, look, I'm going to let you manage 90% of my stuff. And, and that's to me where generosity is built in my heart when I can say, hey, out of that 90% God's given me, I, I, don't, I don't really need it all. God's provided for my family, but I really want to do something to help other people. I want to build God's kingdom. That's true. That's to me where generosity really shines is giving out of the 90%. Okay. But the questions then come up, the kind of last area I want to cover is sort of some, maybe some of the objections that sometimes people have about the tithe that, that come from not so much. I, I don't, I'm against the tithe. It's more, well, what would happen if my family needs it more than the church? Right. So I, yeah, I, I, okay. I would like to get, do the 10% to the church thing, but I've got this cousin and he's really struggling or, Maybe it's a question of, I know this other ministry and I, I would really like, you know, I think, I think they could use the money more than the church. The church doesn't really need my money. So there's a lot of questions that can come up and th they really roll down into maybe one thing. And that is, it's not mine. I don't own it. I have to give up control. So ultimately I have to let it go. I have to release it and let it go and, and really trust the church leadership. And, and if I'm in a place where I don't trust the leadership of the church, now we're kind of in a different area. And I would say, look, if you don't trust your pastor, your elders or deacons, whatever structure you have in your church, if you don't trust them to manage the money, it's not just a money issue. It's a trust issue. Right. And so maybe that would mean you need to go to another church where you do trust the leadership because that's a, that's a you know, I think that's another it kind of brings into another issue. So if you feel like, hey, I don't trust my church leadership, I can't trust them with the money, then you probably need to find another church home where you do. Yeah. There's something that we need to keep in mind. Yeah, I believe what you said is very, very true, Chris. And I personally had to make that decision one time. I had to leave a church that I believe were not managing money well. I addressed, uh, I tried to address the issue with the leadership in a very you know, mm -hmm. responsible and honoring way, uh, but they weren't open to the discussion. And when the math didn't add up, I had to Say, Lord, you know, knowing that I'm a steward and it's not mine to control the tithe, but if I return it to a place that I believe is not doing your will, um, we do have a personal responsibility to make sure that the storehouse that we are part of is actually 
doing a good job. Uh, I think that's not controlling, that's just wisdom and maturity, and I think it's important for us uh, to, uh, to make the right decision when it comes to that. And honestly, if there's a church that's not doing the right thing, it probably needs to die. I, I hate to say it that way, but you know, God, God's not going to honor a church that's not doing the right thing, so we shouldn't support it either. Uh, but God gives us wisdom for that. But I want to just focus on one thing about this, uh, this transaction. The transaction is between us and the Lord. I never think about my tithe going to my church. In practical means, yes, it does go to the church. When I submit it online, which is what I, the way I give, it does go to my church. But I don't give it to the church. I give it to the Lord, and then the Lord decides to entrust it to the church. And if you can imagine that transaction, it's really biblical because when God in uh, Leviticus 27, when, he, when we read that it belongs to the Lord, that it's holy to the Lord, later on in Numbers we see God saying to Aaron specifically, the tithe is mine, but I'm going to give it to you and to your, uh, to your uh, tribe because you don't have a portion of the land. I'm your portion. I'm your inheritance. So God took his tithe, which belonged to him from the other 11 tribes, and gave it to the Levites, and then required them to tithe as well. So it was universal, but it was a transaction. It still should be a transaction between us and the Lord. And I think that's really, really important to keep in mind. Uh, but keep your eyes open. If the church is not doing a good job, then you have a personal responsibility to address that. Well, I hope that was beneficial and helpful to you. I hope that content uh, blesses you in some way. Now, we wanted to spend a few more minutes and really dig into a few of the objections or some of the questions that come up when you listen to this kind of content. So the first one, Chris, let's wrestle with why tithe? I mean, that's, that's a question that many people seem to, to think that it's no longer relevant. So why do we need to tithe? Why, what's, the, what's the importance of this in our lives? Yeah, that's that's a great. That's probably the fundamental question. Ultimately, uh, we talk a lot about you know in our session what is a tithe and all that kind of stuff. But really, why do we do it? I think is is the thing that people have to wrestle with because ultimately, what what we're taught Old Testament, New Testament is that we are supposed to live. If we're followers of Christ, we're supposed to live generous lives. Generosity is not optional. It's supposed to be a characteristic of a Christian because that's who God is, right? And so, um, to me. The tithe is kind of a training tool. It's something that God gave us to learn, you know, to learn how to be generous, to how to put him first. And, and so to me, to take away that training tool would be would would take away one of the best things that help people to grow. I know in my own personal journey, when I first was challenged with the concept of a tithe, I'd attend attended other churches and frankly, the pastors in those churches never talked about money at all. I didn't know anything about tithing. I didn't know what it was. And when I was first kind of confronted, if you will, with this concept, I, my immediate reaction was to, to get defensive because, A, I wasn't doing it and I hadn't heard it before. So I, I took it pretty defensively. And I think a lot of people do that. But to me, I have to say it was a huge step in my journey because once I began to do it and realized, wait a minute, I'm now turning over a new part of my life to the Lord that deepened my walk with him, which is the most important thing, because if we really believe that stewardship is part of the discipleship journey, in other words, my managing God's resources well, and part of that is giving and tithing and, and other things, but if I'm going to manage it well, that draws me closer to God, but I have to recognize that he owns it, and I'm, I'm doing what he's instructing me to do with his things, and so I think the tithe is one of the best tools for us just to learn that. So it's not, it's not the mechanics of it, 
it's actually the spirit of it. The idea that mm. if I can, you know, kind of uh, subject myself to him in that and say, Lord, I'm going to follow. I don't even maybe get it all the way, I, you know, but if this is what you want me to do, I'm willing to submit to you in this area of my life. And I think that is a significant spiritual decision that people can make. Yeah, I agree. And also, I think one of the questions that come up, at least from what I'm reading and some of the objection to it is, why 10%? Why tithe? I mean, some people will say, well, if you really look at the Levitical law, it's really 23 and a third percent or whatever. And it just, so they begin to look at it and say, you know, if you really are going to teach on the tithe, then you have to do it that way. And so it's too legalistic. And, and I think you guys are wrong to focus on it. So I understand those arguments. I really do. I have to wrestle with those things. But at the end of the day, I have to land on one important thing. Why is God asking me to do this? And why start with 10%? Well, here's why. Because I felt like if I did 5%, that it just wasn't going to be sacrificial enough. I felt like, okay, if God told the Israelites to give 10%, one-tenth of what he was blessing them with, you know, being under grace, yes, we're not under law, but I thought, man, if we're under grace and God has given us so much and he's revealed to us his son, then I don't know. It just didn't feel right for me to start less than 10%. Now, the question does come up, though. What about those who can tithe, meaning 10% right now? What do they do? Mm, that's a tough one. And by the way, you know, I, I think when, when uh, for most of the people listening to this are probably in, in the position that they're able to teach others, either individually or, or corporately, about tithing. And, and one of the things that I have found to be helpful is to add a little levity. I just think it's, you know, makes it more interesting. And, and for years and years, uh, when I would teach the giving part of our uh, spiritual growth class, one of the things that, that I would say is like, you know, why did God pick 10%? And the answer is, we don't know. I mean, because it's not in scripture, we don't know. Right. Um, and I usually joke and say, well, you know, 10% is easy math, you just move the decimal one over. So maybe that's it. You know, you can joke about however you want. But like you said, it's, you know, less than 10 doesn't seem like a real significant number. You know, the truth is we don't know, but a lot of people look at it and to your question, Leo, well, gosh, you know, I've, I've built my financial picture in such a way and they never ask the question this way, but this is how I view it. What they're saying is I can't afford to tithe, but what that means is they have built their financial picture in such a way that there's no margin left mm -hmm. for their ability to tithe, right? right so right. if we believe that the tithe is the first 10%, if I'm going to put God first, well, that should have been put in first, and it's not an afterthought that's coming in at the end. So we've got to, we just got to realize we've already got the cart before the horse, right? Mm -hmm. um, but what I, you know, what I often say to people is, listen, because it's not a legalism thing, because it's not about just the rule of it, it's the principle. And so if you feel like you can't, it's a faith issue. And, and if we're going to put God first in our life, we have to learn how to do that. You know, when I, when, when I had kids, I said, I want to be a godly dad. Well, I had to learn how to do that. I didn't go, oh, my, look, my kids are born. I'm making a decision to be a godly dad. Look at me. I'm, I got it all figured out. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And money's the same thing. We've got to recognize people are on a journey. So I often say to people, listen, pick a number that you think you can do, but that's not easy. If you feel, oh, I could do 1%, that's a piece of cake, but I know I couldn't do 10. Well, don't start at one. Pick four or five or something else. Right. That's a challenge because if it's not... If it to me, if it doesn't feel like it's a little bit um, stretching in some way, a little bit sacrificial, then it, it, you're not going to feel it, and you're you're probably not going to grow. You know, if you go to the gym and you're not tired when you leave, then you probably aren't gaining a whole lot, right? Right. Again, it's it's a spiritual exercise. It's literally a spiritual discipline. 
So I would say to people like, hey, start start at three or five or pick a number, but make it a goal to get to 10. And that mm -hmm. gives you the opportunity to, to shift your financial picture around in such a way that you can do it. I mean, you know, because in the long run, I don't know many people who have really prioritized it that, you know, a year or two in go, I, I, I still can't do it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest argument for me, for people who think that tithing is no longer relevant. is I say, you know, I have not met anyone. In fact, the statistics, there's been many studies done on this, that those who tithe are less in debt, have better marriages, live longer. There's just so many different things that are positive. And I think, gosh, even if it wasn't a, a requirement or something the Lord asked us to do, I still think it would be a benefit. Like if, if God came down tomorrow and said, guess what, guys, no more tithing. I'm okay. I don't need it. <laughs> and, then, and then I didn't have to do it anymore. I'd be like, I would be missing something because I feel like, and this is something I've written about, I feel like the tithe is that consistent remembrance. When I get paid and I see that money hit the bank, the first thing I think about is this came from God. Like God continues to provide for me. And he's asking me to recognize it. Just like when I, when I take communion, I take communion because it is a remembrance of what he's done for me. And I never want to forget it because if I forget it, then I don't value it. And I think the same thing about tithing. It's just another spiritual discipline. And the reason I believe it's not okay to do less than 10% is because, like you said, it doesn't require much faith. It's funny, you know, when you think about if you listen to financial experts, they tell you you should be investing 15% of your gross or net income toward retirement, right? And we have no problem. We don't argue against that. We, we, like, we need to get there. We, you know, we got to do the baby steps until we get there. But we seem to argue against the 10% for the tithe. And it's a heart issue. It's a spiritual issue. And uh, anyway, so that my, my thought on it is I do it because I want to, not because I have to. Uh, but I do believe the Lord gives us this and puts this test in front of us because he wants to test our heart because honestly we need it we need it we we live in a world that's constantly drawing us away from the spiritual into the natural material and god says hey don't forget this is not about this life it's about eternity which you're going to spend with me and he wants us to focus on that and this is just one of those ways that pulls the curtain back every single time we get paid to remind us this is where it's coming from leo i love the way you said that what if god were to come down next week and say, okay, guys, we don't have to do this anymore, right? So there's a couple things in that. First of all, the idea that we have to do it is probably the wrong way to look at it. That's how right. I started. And, and I think most people do that it's an obligation, right? So if we treat it that way, we're already starting a little bit in the wrong direction because God wants us to be joyful givers. That's what he wants us to do. So the, the test to me, and this is maybe me personally, but, but perhaps this will help some others listening, if God were to come down and do that next week, my question would be, would that affect my giving at all? My hope would be that the answer would be absolutely not. In other words, I know in the last 20 plus years, I've never given less than 10% of my gross income away. Mm -hmm. Now, I always give 10% as a tithe. So that's why I know that. And then Jen and I, my wife, my wife and I always give beyond that. To, and, you know, to, sometimes it varies year to year to different things. We give to we, for years, we've supported the Christian Stewardship Network. So we give to CSN, right? So right. that's not part of my tithe. That's above and beyond the tithe. So if God were to come back and say, you don't have to do this anymore, I would hope that that really wouldn't change my giving. But I do believe that it's one of those things that creates, I don't know if it's the right word, but like a, a guidepost to say, like, here's, here's something to shoot for. 
not that that's the be all end all. It's really, we'd say it's the minimum. It's a starting line, not the ending line, right? But it gives me something to, to work with. I think a lot of times from a goal standpoint, this is like you use the number about saving for retirement. If somebody just said, hey, you should save for retirement. Well, that's true. But where do I start? Like, do mm -hmm. you try to do 2%? So having a number, it's just as human beings, it's helpful to give us a reference so that we have something to work, you know, with and to say, hey, maybe, you know, look, if, if it's a goal to get to 10, I can't do it right now, like we talked about, well, then I want to get there. Well, once I get there, now what? Is God challenging me to, to go further? In, in my case, and I think for a lot of people, the answer is yes. It's not the end point. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know I've had friends that have argued with me and said, gosh, you know, Chris, if you teach on the tithe, then that's sort of stunting people because uh, what about people should be giving more than 10? Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. frankly, I don't disagree with that last part of that statement. However, I know that the vast majority of Christians give less than 10. Yes. So, you know, me teaching on the tithe, if somebody's already giving 25% of their income away, they shouldn't object to me teaching on the tithe because I'm not saying, well, if you're giving more than that, you know, hey, guys, let's tone it down a little bit. You're going, <laughs> we're going crazy, right? Like, right, right. Nobody's saying that, mm -mm. but it's a challenge for those who need that challenge. It's just like, you know, if a pastor gets up and says, hey, you should read your Bible every day. How many people read your Bible every day? Mm -hmm. It's not legalism. It's not about like, you know, this is, you know, if you're not following the rule, you're not a good Christian. It's not, it's not about, that's not the heart behind it. The heart behind it is, I want you to be in the word because that's how you're going to get to know God. It's how he's going to start to shape your character. That word is going to come into your heart, right? And the tithe is the same way. When we exercise and, and, and participate in that spiritual discipline, God grows us through it. He grows our heart. And then we can go beyond it when we're ready to, to actually accept the next step. I 100% agree. There are many reasons why people would argue against the tithe. I think a majority of people who look at it from the perspective you just shared, which is, you know, the tithing is going to limit people's generosity. In reality, that's not the issue we're dealing with. If you look at the stats, that's not the problem. The problem is people don't give enough. They don't give too much. And they might be in danger of stopping that. Um, that's not our problem. Uh, so so I agree with you. I think it's, it's one of those things that I, I really do hope our audience wrestles with individually. I was a pastor for 11 years, and I had this conversation with many people, and I told them from the beginning, it's not my job to convince you to tithe, to make you tithe. That is not my job. My job is to share the truth with you and to challenge you to take this to God, that, that God would open your eyes and you would see Scripture and understand it and then apply it. And whatever you choose to do, however you do it, if it's from the Lord, and if you can give 10% right now, if you can't do that, like Chris said, if you start at 2%, 3%, whatever is a sacrifice to you right now, whatever makes you feel like you're actually putting God first, because that's the whole idea of the tithe. It's not just a 10%, because it's not the last 10%, right? As we talked about in, in the session, it's about putting, the, putting God first, because you are recognized as He's the owner, you're the steward. And I think as long as you're doing that and progressing and growing in it, it's like Chris said about being a parent or uh, understanding Scripture, growing in your maturity in Scripture and, and the knowledge of God's Word. That's going to take time. You're not going to get it perfect, and it's not about being perfect. It's about being committed and having faith that God's going to walk you through it. And uh, I, hope, I hope this was helpful. Chris, any uh, parting thoughts? No, simply to say, I think in any area of our life, as a follower of Jesus, 
uh, whether that's in sharing Christ with my neighbors, whether that's in, am I serving my church well? We can always step back and say, how am I doing? You know, Paul said we should be evaluating ourselves periodically to, to sort of see how we're doing. And in the, give, in the giving area, you might be giving 25% of your income away, but we should still step back and say, how am I doing? Is God asking me to do more or is this where he's got me right now? So it's not about the number. It's not about the 10%. I think that's where people get hung up. The truth is, if you say, okay, look, I don't want to teach on the tithe, fine, then, then let's not. But, but if we're going to really challenge people to say, am I really stretching myself? And is, is my giving reflective of the fact that God is my savior, that I owe everything to him, mm-hmm. and that I am doing with his money what he wants me to do with it? If the answer to all those questions is an emphatic yes, then the 10% becomes irrelevant because the Mm -hmm. truth is most of us would at that point be giving more than 10% anyway. Right. Right. So I think to me, it's the heart behind it. If we can get to that spirit of, hey, let's be generous people, right? Let's be generous people. We want to be loving people. We want to be joyful people, right? We want to be generous people. All those things are significant and markers of followers of Christ. Yeah, and we're investing in what God is doing in the earth, right? He, he is trying to redeem the earth to himself. He will one day completely redeem all things. But in the meantime, we have an opportunity. Like, God entrusts us with his stuff, right? It comes from him. The abilities, everything comes from him. We are given the ability to create wealth. And then God says, would you invest it into what I'm doing? And I think, gosh, why wouldn't you do that? Scripture says that when you do that, you're literally setting aside treasure for eternity. I don't know what that looks like, honestly. I don't, I don't. But all I know is God promised it is going to be amazing. And why would we want to miss out on that? I just, you know, well, and if it, God it seems like a, like a silly to take argument. care of our family, that provision is fabulous, right? We, he wants us to enjoy it. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if if I'm not willing to to use his money to invest to bring other people into the kingdom mm-hmm. and to to help other people's lives, then Am I really living a selfish life or am I really living a kingdom oriented life? Right. 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 So they all, you know, all these principles tie together. They do. They do. Well, thank you, Chris, for joining me for this. This was fun. Always is when I uh, have a chance to talk with you and, and to share some of the things that are on our hearts and things that we personally wrestle with. This is something we continue to wrestle with and have to continue to search in our hearts. Are we, are we being generous? Or are we just falling into this, you know, Oh, I have to do this, I do this because that's what I do. No, in fact, I just finished a study with Howard Dayton and a, and a bunch of folks from Kingdom Advisors on charting your legacy. And it's completely kind of turned me upside down, and I have to go back to the basics and say, God, am I, am I becoming automatic in my stewardship? Or am I willing to say, God, it still belongs to you? And if you want to mess, you know, mess with the chessboard, then go for it. You know, I'm, I'm all about serving you, not serving myself. And that's, that's what's wonderful about this journey is that we never arrive, but God is always full of grace as he deals with us and takes us to this next level, and I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Stewardship Leader. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend or family member. Our goal here at CSN is to share God's Word as it relates to money and wealth and to inspire good stewardship and generosity in God's people. We would love it if you would also share this with a stewardship or one of your pastors at your church. Uh, If this is something that's not taught at your church, 
let them know CSN exists to train leaders and help them understand how they can speak on this topic of money and wealth from a biblical perspective so they can have the authority and the uh, courage to do so. Uh, we know this is a difficult topic sometimes, but we exist for that purpose, and we would love to help them. So point them to us. They can find us at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Of course, you can share this podcast, and that would be a good way for them to uh, be introduced to us and connect with us. Thanks again for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time on Stewardship Leader. <music>